and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, it's Lee, all back together. Well, virtually. all together, like virtually. a disjointed family, <laughs> and they don't come much more disjointed than us four. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, that was a race in a bit this week. Well, actually, technically three races this weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we keep getting these calls, don't we, for sprint races. Kind of had sprint races. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoyed work. it. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good race. I enjoyed it. I mean, there were, there were there were bits of it that were good. It got a little bit sort of parady towards, um, towards the end. I think I would I, like to see another Magello race without the same sort of number of cars dropping out early on. I think... It has a. It's a track that has a lot of potential, but I think I think the, there's a better, a better combination. I think. Mm. I think it would have been interesting to see what it did to the drivers physically if they didn't keep having the little breaks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, they were saying um, Sky was saying before the race that it's um, the most physical race on the drivers on the calendar this year. Because they're pulling up to five Gs in some of the turns, mm. especially especially the last corner, because obviously that was, that was quite high, quite high speed and quite long. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting track. You know, what... I, I I'm I want it to be on the calendar in 2022 when hopefully the cars can follow each other better. Yeah, I think it's. I like Mugello. I really enjoy the MotoGPs at Mugello when I watched MotoGP very regularly, which I haven't done for a few years now. Um, but as a as a Formula One circuit, I don't know if it's just a bit too a bit too narrow. Mm. It's only really the, the 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 main the main straight is 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 you know. Uh, and turn one are really the only overtaking, the real overtaking opportunities. Uh, and is that a problem because they made the cars so wide and so long recently? Quite possibly, but I mean that doesn't mean that Mugello should necessarily change its 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 entire make. I'm not saying they need to resurface Mugello and make it six foot wider because that would take away from what Mugello is. But um, I'm glad they did it. I just don't know if they should go back again. I I definitely want them to go back to. It. I mean, I I I think I prefer it as a, to a circuit to him, Monza. Oh, that is bold. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. No, yeah, but Lee, I mean, Lee's Monza. not a huge Monza fan, though, is he? That we, we Lee's Lee's no. made it known before. I'm really looking forward to Miller. Think because San Marino. Yeah, we we've got we've had. Well, no, it's, had, not, it's, not, yeah. it's, it's not what's it called? It's Emiliano somebody or other. Emiliano Romagna. Yeah. yeah, mate, mate, I still keep calling uh, Racing Point Force India. It's San Marino. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be cheering on the spikers then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What was the old San Marino Grand Prix circuit uh, at Imola uh, and? Uh, I'm looking forward to that because we know that you know Formula One has been held on that circuit numerous times before, and it's going back there. Um, Turkey as well. I particularly like good. the little the chicane at the top of the hill. Turkey as well. Yeah. It's um yeah, I'm looking forward to that race as well. It's it's good. I, I this whole thing of having 
Formula One go to places that we're not used to having it is something Formula One should look into and maybe uh, as in conjunction with the with the normal races we expect to have, maybe we have that the, they, they, they try and even even if it's two, like just like force two wild card races in. Do you, do you know what I mean? If there's a yeah. if there's a triple A circuit somewhere that wants a Grand Prix and they can come to some sort of deal, you know, it's and it, it might even encourage if there's like the one off things, it might even encourage places like Donington or something to think, Ooh, well maybe if we if we do something this, this and this we could we could sort maybe. it out and then you know, it, 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 I think it'd be a good idea. I mean, they can get rid of Sochi from the calendar, and um, most people will be happy. And then they can definitely fit one of the wildcard ones in. Except Putin. Yeah. Putin would not be happy. And when Putin oh. is not happy, that's not good for people. No, no, that is that is true. Don't drink this cup of perfectly unadulterated tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and realistically, I mean, if you apart from the runoffs, I know the runoffs would have to have to be sorted out, but. Like Donington's a short circuit. Is that much shorter than um, uh, uh, what's it called? What we just had? Magellan. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Is I think it? They, I think they'd be getting around Magello in a, in a ridiculously short time. Hang on, let's, mm, well, maybe. Let's look this up. Uh, Donington. Not, not Magello. They'd be getting around Donington in a ridiculously mm. short time. Yeah. I, yeah. Can't, I can't believe they were thirty seconds a lap faster than the MotoGP bikes crazy proving once and for all that bikes are shit bikes are fast ah. in a straight line aren't they because they don't have any weight yeah. but through corners cars because yeah. they've got more tires are always going to be quicker All right, Donington it's okay is, I, Donington I don't mean it I'm just upsetting people <laughs> Donington is two and a half miles and Mugello is 3.2 that's quite a difference then yeah it's a, it's a, it's a difference isn't it and yeah. Donington's got a lot more straights. So it's going to be faster. Mm. Yeah. So Donington... Less than a minute lap. <laughs> yeah. Don, Donington would uh, need to extend the circuit a little bit. How many times would the back markers be lapped? Or just have more laps. Yeah, Just but, have more laps. Yeah, but I think F1's got regulations now about the minimum circuit length or the um, minimum time for a lap because they don't want a lap in under a minute. And then they yeah, go to Bahrain yeah. and do the yeah, and then yeah, that's the, the squoval, and then we get the squoval, which they reckon it's going to be about fifty nine point eight for Paul. That's going to be crazy. That yeah. in the race, that's going to be a fucking mess. Yeah, you're going to have like yeah, the qualifying people on the ETA podium. Laps or something, isn't Somebody it? on the podium will be lapped. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> That, um, that is a that is a bold. That is a prediction. not outrageous prediction. That's that's only no, that's only not. bold. That's that's only bold. That's not daft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens to Ferrari there. They could be lapped. Like they could be many, many. They times will be lapped. lapped. Oh yeah, they absolutely will be lapped. Yeah, it depends mm-hmm. how many cars. Leclerc said after Monza, didn't he? That they they. You sort of alluded to it. There's one other track that we're not looking forward to. It's got to be that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you imagine? Could you imagine if Carlos Sainz laps the Ferraris? <laughs> oh. oh. I hope there's like a really oh, passive, God, give, aggressive give, radio message. Give this man an Orlando t-shirt and a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, because that, that's not. No, that that doesn't make me happy. I mean, obviously, Ferrari <laughs> getting lapped makes me happy. That that uh, sounds said otherwise. No, but I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to see Carlos's career destroyed. Not when he thought he was going to go into a, you know, something that was going to be competitive and more competitive than what he had. They've sold him on the dream of 2022, haven't they? But I mean, we've yeah. seen this before with drivers. Even within Ferrari, they sold Mansell the the oh yeah you'll definitely be a world champion in 1990. Then Ferrari did Ferrari, yeah. And, you know it's we've seen it with, with, with other drivers. The only drive, the only team I can think of who who actually successfully signed a driver and said because we're going to be world champions a few times in a row is when Mercedes signed Hamilton. Hmm. Mm. Even when Ferrari signed Schumacher, they didn't know they were going to be champions. They 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 just threw everything at getting the Benetton team in, essentially. Yeah, yeah. making weird noises. I think the problem is is it's it's different with Ferrari because Ferrari have just got previous of being complete fucking retards, haven't they? <laughs> Yes. Consistently, yeah. yeah. But it was weird. Can we just take a moment to, to just, like, digest the fact that it was Ferrari's 1,000th race? And, like, what was that dance routine all about in the town square? That was just odd, right? It oh, shows I, that I even that even bit. in dire straits, Ferrari are still arrogant fuckers. That's where it proves. I missed the dance routine. That sounds exciting. I think it's something to do with local... Colour history, right? Touristy, oh, you good. Know, even though there's no tourists, it's Friday there night, were a few fans in the town square. But it was it was nice to see a smattering of fans in the stands that for is, the first that time. Is, that is true. I mean, yeah, Ferrari brought the the most loyal locals in. Yeah, I'm sure it cost a pretty penny to be there, but mm. I think you have to sell your soul, <laughs> which is something that most Ferrari fans have done anyway. Yeah. Were a few fans in? I don't know if anybody spotted this because obviously I missed last week. But there were a few fans in at Monza, and they were medical uh, staff that were. had been invited by Ferrari. I was going to say yeah. they, they were they were fans. They were specially invited guests. Yeah, yeah, but they were invited by Ferrari, I believe. I think it was was it Pirelli as well. I think Pirelli had a hand in that. I had in my head. Yeah, I think I think they did. There were um, there were all um, medical key workers. Oh, um, what's his name? Isola um, from Pirelli. <coughs> he went back to being a paramedic during lockdown in Italy. Oh right, oh, didn't... that was his his pre F one job. Oh, did not know that. Um, right, moving moving on to the race, we got to see a red car in the lead. The uh, red Mercedes that was uh, <laughs> fair play to Mercedes. They even decided to celebrate Ferrari's thousandth Grand Prix by painting their car the right red. <laughs> Do you get the feeling if Ferrari had not been as shit as they are this year that maybe Mercedes would not have been quite so on board with the celebration? I think they'd still be alright with it, but um, I know that that Burgundy Ferrari kind of split opinion, but I did not. I thought it looked like the 98 Williams. I, I was I like not particularly overalls. bothered. I mean, apparently it was the it was the original Ferrari racing colour from when they first started in 1950. Mm. I don't care if it's the right one; it's wrong now. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I just thought it looked a bit off. Yeah, I, it was just a bit of a sort of whatever thing for me. I mm. I liked the overalls. The overalls looked cool. The overalls were faster than the car. 
I but, didn't um, notice that the overalls yeah. were different. <laughs> no, the overall the overalls were really good. They had like mm. lots of, lots more yellow on them. Shows how close attention I was paying. Mm. But what I thought was really interesting was the um you know the the little sort of puff piece that Sky had before the the thing to talk about how good um like Ferrari were and or all the people all the people on there saying oh, how good the one they showed thing. three times in the build up yeah. to the race uh huh the one that the one that a friend of mine sent me a message during saying oh look it's a who's who of who Ferrari have stiffed yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> but did anybody notice that the clips of Sebastian Vettel on it were from an interview two years ago ah no, uh, no I didn't I it, it, I don't think you could get an interview with him this season where he's got a lot of good things to say about yeah, Ferrari. To be fair, they also had clips of Nicky Lauda. They've not done that this season either, have they? No, but <laughs> they must have asked. They must have asked Sebastian Vettel to do something for that video and he's told him to get fucked. I mean, let's face it, on the fucking thousandth weekend, the thousandth race for Ferrari, he drops his joining racing point. That's mm-hmm. not yeah. an accident. We've been talking about that for weeks, though, haven't we? We've known. Oh yeah, that yeah. That's it, 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 it wasn't without forecast, but it did. It didn't make it any less glorious. <laughs> oh no, that is yeah. that is true. What does everyone think about the um, about Vettel's move? Time, timing aside, which I think we're all agreed on was fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. It was. You know, I, I don't know. That it's kind of for... there's been a bit of a livery reveal as well, hasn't there? Because. Uh, Formula One announced um, that uh, the actual uh, official Formula One Twitter account an- an- announced that Vettel was moving to Aston Martin. But instead of putting the team colour as bright pink, they put it as a dark green. So we know now that Aston Martin's going to be dark green. Uh, even um, yeah, every time they've been talking about it, it's been green has been mentioned. Even Ted on Sky said that, oh yeah, well, pretty pretty much confirmed that it's going to be dark green because I mentioned to somebody that Sebastian would look good in pink and he replied, no, dark green. <laughs> I think we'd have been a bit disappointed if Aston Martin hadn't come in green, though. Uh, it's the right colour for them. It is. Um, dark green. And uh, I, I, I did learn after a, another recent podcast, well, why was uh, why was everybody putting Vettel in, in green and yellow overalls? Apparently Aston Martin used yellow on their racing colours. Their their um, sports cars—they've been sort of like a more like acidic-y, limey green and yellow for a couple yeah. of years, which is pretty I, cool actually. I quite like it. And I the, think that the, their official GTE entries are all um, all yellow with dark green stripes. Mm. I, I think that's what color the Formula One car is going to be as well. The they've just green. released, uh, yeah, they've just released an Austin Martin um, sim racing oh, like setup as you, well. You saw that as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, but I don't. I don't think that's an like. I think they prefer to tie that with Formula One, you know. So when ah, so yeah, ne- next you, year when you're doing other things, if you have a look at the um the full uh the full catalogue that we've got on the website, only starting at fifty seven thousand pounds, yeah, you can get the um the traditional Aston Martin green, but you can also get the um endurance yellow as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it does come in a variety of Aston Martin related colours and the helmet colours of the guy who's worked on it with them, who's one of their endurance drivers. So, for 50-odd grand, if I wanted to paint it as a Volkswagen, I think they should do it for me. <laughs> what, Her- Herbie paint scheme? Yeah. <laughs> might, as well do that with, might as well do that with the Ferraris at the minute. But no, I think it's a good move for Vettel. I, 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 um, I, I, I feel for... Uh, Perez, mm. I but I think that um, Stroll has got 
a lot of heat this weekend through this. And well, yeah, his car um, was on fire. But this is, I'm sure this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I think Stroll's been the better driver. If, I know he had, I know um, uh, Perez missed two races because of uh, like the Voldemort virus, but um, I don't think, uh, I don't think it would have mattered. I think Stroll's been the better driver out of the two of them. Or, or they've been at least very equal. Uh, and yeah. if, I, if I had a team, Stroll's younger, so go with the younger one. I would go with you there in that I don't I don't think there's been any golfing class between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would so, say it, it seems like they've been fairly evenly matched, but when you look at the standings of the of the championships, Stroll is uh, going to double check this now. I'm pretty sure Stroll is is, is quite a far ahead. Because he is, of, yeah. Of, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. But, 50, but 54 again, points. 57. Uh, I knew I knew it was in the 50s. Perez is on 44. I mean, you could probably argue over those two races, Perez probably would have scored more than 13 points. Yeah, but Stroll just had a DNF as well. So, yeah, you know, there, there's there's one made up for. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, th- I think... Perez I th- I th- start two races, so, you know, yeah, 13 points. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, but you also... You probably say 13 points in those two races isn't surmountable. They've been fairly evenly matched. Yeah, yeah. Perez, yeah. Perez didn't start two races, but his car didn't start one of them with another driver. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't. It didn't matter that Hulk was driving uh, driving Perez's car at the first uh, first Silverstone race. If that car weren't going to start, it didn't matter who would be at, who was behind the wheel. Yeah, Hulkenberg yeah. still fifteenth in the championship, by the way, ahead of Kimi <laughs> Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi, Kevin Magnussen, Nicholas Latifi, George Russell, and Romain Grosjean. Mm, I see the uh, old. Uh... Perez or Hulk to Red Bull raised its head a little bit again, didn't it? They were talking about all yeah. the reasons why it wouldn't happen. I thought I thought that uh, the uh, Brundle and Crofty were talking about it in, during the commentary as like a possibility if they decide to skip Albon. Ah, uh, when they had when they were talking about it as the the punditry team, I think was it Button um, mm. and whoever else they had there this weekend. I've lost track. They were talking about, yeah, all the reasons why it won't be a thing. Yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see because I'm happy for Albon, but, you know, it, it would have been interesting to see where he would have been. Well, I, I'd just like to see um, Perez or Hulkenberg in a better car for a year just to see, you know, it's to see what they're actually made of, see if Hulkenberg could actually hassle Max Verstappen. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I, I would quite like to see one of them in it, but it, it will not happen. Yeah, because they they're gonna uh, you know, for Red Bull to go so far down the road of picking their own drivers to then go and pick one from outside the program, you know, just says that they don't have faith in any of their uh, any of their younger drivers. Which to me, then totally destroys the program going forward as well. Yeah, but don't yeah. don't forget every Red Bull driver at the moment, and including Alfatori in this, has either been sacked from the Red Bull team or the Red Bull program at one point. Apart from Max Verstappen. Aside from yeah. Aside from Verstappen, which is what I said first. Ah. But the mm. other the other three have all either been dropped from Red Bull or dropped from the program entirely. Because Albon was out and they brought mm-hmm. him back in. Yeah. Uh, Gasly yeah. obviously last Fired year. twice. Yeah, and Kvyat he's he's gone. You know he he's had every firing possible under the Red Bull organization. 
Yep. I think the, the next step for him is to be banned from ever buying a can of Red Bull again. Fury <laughs> <laughs> Vips still a uh, Red Bull he driver. He is and has looked pretty handy in F2. Don't think he can yeah. get the super license points this I season. Don't think he can, but yeah, because he he got he's been shafted by coronavirus because he was going to do um, Super Formula this year and then couldn't physically get to Japan, so he ended up in a European Regional, which is way below where he's at, which and, is effectively F three and a half. Yeah, it's mm. I think it's pretty much two tiers below F three. Mm. Um, so yeah, he was doing that and smashing it, obviously, and. Yeah, Galeel got injured, in he comes, and looks pretty comfortable in F2. If he first weekend, yeah. great second weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And also, uh, uh, much like um, regular listener Jem, I didn't realise that he was Estonian yes. until I saw the I saw the tweet. We were very confused thought he was... when, when um, yeah, he I won a race in F3. Yeah, because the anthem's the same. It's the same as yeah. Finnish Anthem. Yeah, he he won a race in F3. He won a few races in F3 last year, but the first time we, we saw him win a race and the Anthem came on, we're like, hang on, what's this? Apparently, same tune, different words. Arbosburgian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've seen this shit before. <laughs> what, like in F2 when they played the French National Anthem when uh, Leclerc won a race? Yeah, that was poor form. That was very yeah. poor form. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's Vips, there's um, Sonoda has obviously done quite well in F2 this year. Of course, yeah, you, you forget about Sonoda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Anderubula well. J- is not al- happening. Has also taken part no. in weekends. No to Jay Anderubula. Um, what? Oh, who else have they got? The Brazilian one, whose name eludes me. Um, he's been fired and then went to McLaren and then came back. Sergei Sete Camera. Sergei Sete Camera, that's the one. He has been posting pictures of himself um, in AlphaTauri kit quite a lot this weekend. So he's obviously hint dropping. Like, remember me? You still own me. Well, uh, he's he's like the Sorokin, isn't he? I guess like he's been on the on the fringes of Formula One for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, it'd be about it'd be about the right time if he is ever going to get to yeah. Formula One. Round about now would be the right time that's, for him to come in. I think in. that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, because I think McLaren got him as a package deal with Lando through Carlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then moving one uh, one category further back, there's Liam Lawson, who doesn't look bad when his car isn't on fire. Liam Lawson looks all right. They've also got, um, in F3, they've got Dennis Hauer and Jack, Jack Doohan. Doohan, who both, I think, need another year, at least. So Alpha Tori could look good in a few years' time. Well, I mean, by sheer quantity of how many they own, They're one of them the must moment. be useful. <laughs> Alpha, Ta- Alpha Tauri look, look pretty good at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Marco, he'll change his mind within within minutes. <laughs> Probably, that's but the, that's the job, well. though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's the that's the job, though, is to get this. Is I've I've kind of flip flopped on the meat grinder a little bit because we keep saying that teams don't give young drivers enough chances, and uh, Red Bull have given all of the chances to drivers. Do you, do you know what I mean? They've. They, to the point where maybe it's been detrimental to a few careers, but you know they, they've they've all had the chance to impress. You know, it's, well, it's, it's Marco's job to turn up and shout at things. When Max's engine was looking iffy on the grid, they brought him in to shout at it, and all of a sudden it started <laughs> working again. Yeah, demote the engine down to the junior team. I had no idea. <laughs> By the way, I had no idea until, um, and I, I know I'm harking back to a week that I missed, but I had no idea that. Uh, 
Alma Marco and Jochen Rint so close as, as you know, kids and then you know, came up through the junior ranks together and made it to form, you know, both made it to Formula One. It was just, uh, it was interesting to hear from Helmut Marco. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he actually showed a side of his personality that you don't get to see a lot often because he's normally very blunt and abrupt and matter of fact, but he actually, you know, he actually showed that he does have some kind of feelings in there. Because he, yeah, he, he, yeah, totally. he, he just comes across as very, I don't know the best word to describe it. Robotic. I was going for officious, but yeah, robotic will do. Mm, yeah. Oh, there's doubt, like, we've, we've all, we all know it. There's a touch of the supervillain about him without any <laughs> doubt. Yeah, you wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark alley, would you? No. Be like, oh shit, this is it. <laughs> oh god, he's got a contract. <laughs> he's not afraid to use it. Um, seeing as we're sort of partway through all the news stories, well, I might as well do the do the rest of those before we move on to the race. Because I've got four things down here, and one of them was um, Vettel to uh, Aston Martin, Perez to question mark. Yeah, we were kind of on that. Um, mm. Perez and Hulk Haas next year. It wouldn't be a bad move for Haas, I, but yeah, would it'd it, be a significant friend trade of up. the podcast and regular guest Sean Kelly tweeted. Uh, the, uh, I remember who it was now, but somebody from inside Formula One say, uh, reporting that uh, Haas are looking at up to 10 drivers Jesus. for 2021. Uh, and Sean's quip back was, uh, will they all fit in two cars? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they, if, if they buy the three two-seaters of Paul Stoddart, then um, they'll get six of them. So yeah. that's right. So let's let's have a quick sort of spitball. Then. <coughs> Grosjean, Magnussen, Perez... Hulkenberg, probably Joe Vanazzi, because let's be honest, he's probably in the market. He's out of a job. A few mm-hmm. Ferrari juniors, because there's Van a couple Dorn. of them. Van Dorn is an probably, interesting yeah, yeah, shout. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, who else have they got? Louis Delatraz keeps hinting about, oh, look at me, I've got a super license. He's doing all right, though, as well, Delatraz. And no, and no one stole his car yesterday when he accidentally left his key in his car ignition and then fecked off and did an F2 race. All right, well. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose, I, I suppose it helps that there was very few people at the circuit. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of helps. So um, what does he drive? Uh, an M2, an M2 competition. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that probably should have got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else Who else is up there? Because, I mean, there's, there's going to be the... Markalov. Yeah. <laughs> what about your British lad in F two? Callum Islet, who Ferrari? Yeah, well, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be two of the um, two of the top three Ferrari junior drivers with a super license next year, and mm-hmm. I think know. there's going to be three. I think Eilat, Schumacher, and Schwartzman could all do it. Yeah, there's going to be two of those that don't have a super license that have a super license next year, but don't have a seat. Don't have a, don't have a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Because whoever, yeah. whoever wins F two out of those three, I think will end up in the Alpha, unless what we're I talking think it'll about. Still like... be Mick Schumacher. Yeah, he's he's come good quite quietly after a sort of indifferent start to the season. He's quietly odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's peaking a bit, at it's, the it's right almost, time. It's almost a bit like F three when Dan Tickham accused F three of cheating, or sorry, European Formula mm. Three was it? Yeah, where Dan Tickham accused Formula Three of cheating to help him. 
Oh, he was on cracking team radio form at the weekend. I know, I heard it. <laughs> oh, everything that he came out with after What the, am I yeah. doing with my life? That was my favourite one. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus, it's that bad, is what it? I like that like uh, friend of the podcast, Kieran, calls him Dick Tantrum. Yes, that's an <laughs> excellent, that was excellent a, nickname. That was, that, was a, that was a Will Buxton one. That was a Will oh, Buxton one first, yeah. But the no, we'll bad look Kieran he's had, instead. though. God. Like, you know, it's... Shit, he, he should have he should have come him. out of the last two races with such good results, but then had a run in with what was it, Sonoda, the stupid little bloke, stupid little bloke. Yep, that was yeah. a great insult. <laughs> uh, Nee, I think, found him as well at one point. No, oh, that was that was in that was in Belgium when yeah. uh, him and Nissany tried to put each other into a wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, w- I will give him this. He's had bad luck, but when he when he gets it, Christ, he's good on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've, I've never, I've never said anything bad about his driving because he is, he is good behind the wheel. It's just that that temper of his. Yeah, I kind of like it. I like a troublemaker. I like a bad, boy. <laughs> I like a bad boy. <laughs> the any, thing is, he, he he's any, just any, the right, just the right side of whinge, isn't he? He's not whinging. He's furious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he could be one for the Haas list if Williams are having the complete, oh. complete new broom sweeping everything clean. Dan Tixum versus Gunter Steiner. That's I an don't argument. Think, I don't think Williams are the sort of team, or sorry, were the sort of team. Who, who knows what sort of team they're going to be now? I don't think they're, they're the sort of team that would hold a driver hostage. You know, if if they had somebody down as like a reserve driver or. Mm. A, a test driver, if though, and to be perfectly honest, it's probably written into the contract anyway. You know, if they got the opportunity of a race seat somewhere, yeah. that they're allowed to look into it. I, I don't think they keep somebody hostage. Yeah, I mean, they've got three F two drivers as a test driver, so I mean, they can't yeah. use all of them. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Aiken, and Tictum. Oh, I keep forgetting Aiken's on the Williams program mm. now because he's always been Renault up until this season. Yep, there's more chance of me getting in Formula One than Aiken. I'm afraid. It's like he's he's one of those ones where it could because he's been in F F two for like the time he's been, uh, he would have to win the championship. I think like uh, Julian Palmer did. I was about to say the Julian Palmer rule. Yeah. Which reminds me, question that we got from another friend of, friend of the podcast, uh, Mike McPherson tonight: Is K Mag going to be the next Julian Palmer? Well, he's already been there longer, so he's technically better than Julian yeah, Palmer already. I, I don't a hundred percent know what we're looking for here. No. Yes. What, what, what are we qualifying now. as a Julian Palmer? Would we see K Mag as a pundit? I said Gerhard Berger before he could be the next Gerhard Berger, but now thinking about it, did um did uh, uh, did a Lacey ever win a race? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. One. Damn it. Damn it. He can't Lacey be the next Gerhard Lacey then. Mind Lacey you, won might... a race. Yeah. Gerhard Berger won races. Yeah. Oh well, at least at least we, I now know who um, oh, Pierre Gasly is. <laughs> Pastor Maldonado. No, he's he's the next uh, he's the next John Lacey because he's not winning another race. Neither did Maldonado. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> he's he's also not going to be as exciting as Maldonado was. <laughs> the next Heike Kovalainen. That very possibly. Nobody wants to be the next Hakey. Was he uh, ninth best Formula One driver of all time? Apparently so, AWS? yes. Was he? Yeah. 
According to Lee, according to AWS. Oh, you, you you missed this one, Lee. It was oh. when uh, when you were well the other week. Chris had a Chris had the AWS list of. Well, it wasn't the best drivers. It was the fastest drivers. Did we decide that they have the good drugs at AWS? Yeah, the fastest yeah. drivers in Formula One history. Yeah, Kovalainen yeah. was ninth. Jano Trulli, I think, was one spot <laughs> ahead of him. I'm just waiting for Lee's response on yeah, this. It wasn't wasn't like Vettel about 18th or something ridiculous. Was twentieth. <laughs> just a bit. I'm just a bit confused. Yes, we were honest. very confused. Got to go over this again. For, for, are, you, for are, you sure, are you sure it wasn't the ALS list? <laughs> it was AWS. You know, you know the yeah, the official uh, statisticians uh, of Formula One. We asked for somebody from AWS. To, are you ready? Are you ready for the top ten, Lee? Okay, just just, yeah. just this is for Lee's benefit. I know. I'm still going to uh, be shocked. Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> tenth place. Okay, tenth place. Sebastian Vettel. Right, the the guy that won four world championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. In ninth place, Yano Trulli. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's a curveball. A man a famous, world champion. famous for holding up the field. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they even referred to the trolley train yesterday. <laughs> as like Charles, Charles Leclerc is now is now providing the trolley train. Trulli won one race. Did he two races? One, couple, I, I think. think, yeah. I think it, I think yeah. it might have been two. Ah. Monaco, I know, definitely. I, I was just going to say, I know he won a Monaco, but I, mm. I can't remember what else he won. Did he win the uh, Brazilian Grand Prix where everyone smashed on the last lap? Maybe. It was either him Maybe. or Fizzy. Yeah. won in a Jordan, didn't he, in, uh, in the year that people did lots of crashing. Are you ready for number eight, Lee? I am ready for number eight. The aforementioned Heike Kovalainen. <laughs> Better than the four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. Not better, yes. just faster. Trulli won oh, one race. Faster. Uh, I mean, what, what, how, how are they working out the, the, the fastness? I don't know. This is why I asked AWS to come on and explain themselves. Because... <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, I, I don't mind you coming up with these answers, but show us you're working out. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Evans... Charles Leclerc. Uh, I mean, <laughs> wait, okay. Sticks. He's he's, a, he's, he's handsome. Sticks. <laughs> <Maybe laughs> on that. <laughs> Nico Rosberg in sixth. <laughs> he's very handsome. Maybe they, maybe 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 this is a style list. I don't think so because Carlos Sainz isn't on the top top ten. <laughs> Although he was somewhere in the list from eleventh to twentieth. Anyway, hmm. fifth place, Fernando Alonso. Ooh, I've got issues. <laughs> <laughs> I've got oh, issues. Oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that blatantly obvious, isn't it? Fan, He's at least too boy. lower than he should be, at least. Fourth place, Max Verstappen. Well, I do love Max Verstappen. <laughs> that's the rumour. <laughs> Third place, Lewis Hamilton. I mm. see. I, I don't mind Lewis Hamilton being there, but I mean, all, all these world championships that seem to be getting forgotten about is is an issue for me. I'm not going to lie. You won't be disappointed with second place then, Michael, Michael Schumacher. <laughs> so Hakkinen, Hakkinen has to be the top. <laughs> oh, it's Ayrton Senna. Hakkinen isn't in the top 10 drivers of all time. Neither's Prost. Top 10 fastest drivers. No, no, Alan Prost was 20th. Wow. Just scraping into the top 20. Yeah. Now, Murray Walker, Murray Walker He wasn't in the top 20. 
No, but he 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 uh, had Hakkinen down as the fastest Formula One driver of all time. Mika Hakkinen is is, yeah. is still, I think, my favourite driver to watch. He was unbelievably fast. You you could just tell uh, sometimes when when drivers were on it when they probably shouldn't have been, and Hakkinen yeah. was one of them. That that list is bullshit. <laughs> Where was right. where was Nicky Lauda? And again, I think he was don't somewhere in the he was in the, Don't know that he was in the top twenty. Makes Same. me think I should make I should write a list of my, my top forty drivers of all time and use very similar methods. I found the list from twentieth to tenth. Yeah. Oh no, wait, there's more. No. There's now more. Oh, I've done a God. list. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> God. There's fifty. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go through these. Just, just pick out. Pick out the. Go on. Pick out the howlers. Highlights. Lowlights. Lights. Number fiftieth. Number fiftieth. Ah, look at me. I'm so. Ha- I'm so happy about this. Fiftieth. Kamui Kobayashi. Oh yes. I mean, he shouldn't be on any list he ever. He doesn't even come in the top fifty of name a Formula One driver. <laughs> he doesn't even okay. come with one. There is one podium. Okay, uh, I found Mika Hakkinen. He is 38th on the list. So barely above no, right. Kamui Kobayashi. Who's one above him? That's what I find funny. Is what, what did, when they went to Mika Hakkinen, who did they go above him? Okay, I, I'm going to go to some drivers that are above <laughs> Mika Hakkinen. Oh, it should be good. But in 37th place is Olivier Panis. What? Fuck off. <laughs> is this fastest man into a wall? One, I don't know. <laughs> No, Kobayashi would be higher on that, surely. One one of the slowest Monaco Grand Prix's ever. Jesus. Ah, this is... This is clickbait if ever I've seen it. (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. In 32nd place is Paul DeResta. Faster than Mika Hakkinen. What? What? See, I was even faster than him in 31st place. Robert Roman Grosjean. What? Roman Grosjean. Oh, Jesus! Get Again, up, fast into now. a wall. I, I, I'm gonna. Is this is this an image? This is an image. I'm gonna save this image and I'm gonna post it in our in our chat thread. Gonna, this is, this gonna, is hilarious. I'm gonna bloody tweet this. Do it, do it. Uh, I'm gonna send it to you. Wait, there's the people are listening to to live social mediaing happening <laughs> on the podcast, yeah, recorded th- live. I think we need to move away from this and talk about Ineos. But we can do. Although this is so much fun. Just give us one more, okay, one yeah, more on. outrageous position. One more. One more. I think one more. Okay. Uh, I, oh, it's not. Let me do it because I'm trying to send it to you. Hang on one second. Um, right. Okay. So we we know we know the top ten. Um, Something in the twenties, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go for number twenty-three. Bearing in mind this man is above. Uh, Gerhard Berger, Jacques Villeneuve, Kimi Räikkönen, and Nigel Mansell. Uh, Nick Heidfeld. Oh. Nick Heidfeld is three below Prost. Three below Prost, yeah. Felipe Massa, Adrian Sutil, and then Nick Heidfeld. Adrian Sutil? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, it was usually one or two below the winner. Juan Pablo Montoya... 45th. What? Slower than Giovinazzi and Kvyat. Giovinazzi is in the top 50. Yes. I don't understand. I, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I know, it's, it's insane. I, I can't, I can't. 
Anyway, yeah, let's move away from yeah, this, this because this is very probably very doesn't angry. make let's, let, let's, let's change the subject entirely and uh, move move on to Ineos, because they've just increased their sponsorship of Mercedes, and rumours of a buyout are starting. Yes, they have invested a large <coughs> sum of money, I think rumoured to be in the 700 million neck of the woods. Of um, course there's rumours of a buyout of Mercedes. It's a weekday. However, Ineos do have previous for buying out teams and taking them over and running them as their own as they did with team sky in the cycling right team sky who kept winning world championships and tour de france's and big races became team ineos mm-hmm. yes i i think we can gather through, this, is, this through... is also this is also the same team ineos that have adrian newey designing their america's cup yacht yeah um... but don't forget he's not allowed to do work is he on Formula One for someone that isn't Red Bull forever? But um, like it's the just through rumors and the, the amount of rumors and how thick and fast they seem to come every year. I would say it's uh, nailed on that Mercedes are looking for an exit strategy out of Formula One. It does as feel a, yeah. as, as an owner. I think I think what Toto Wolff has been saying is, is echoed and reflected in Mercedes as well, in that you know he doesn't want to go from being great to being good because he believes everybody and everything has a shelf life, and I think that's yeah. also reflected in Mercedes. I think if they don't think that twenty twenty two they're going to come out they're going to come out of the you know come out of that like miles ahead of everyone, I don't think they'll stick around for too long. No, I I wonder. Um... I wonder if it's like what I was saying last week where I just, I don't believe that when you look at the past, like, real shakeups, um, I can't think of a time when the dominant team stayed the dominant team. The only one I, the only one I sort of started to settle with was maybe Williams. Yeah, that's usually, like, the, the one with the, the most momentum, isn't it? That sort yeah. Of kind of pushes forward. And the only thing that Mercedes have really got going for them is the fact that the engines are going to be frozen. Aren't, well, not frozen, but the, the engine mm. formula isn't changing. So, yes, they've had a massive upper hand on that, but then the other teams are kind of closing the gap a bit on them. Um, Wait, do, you, do you know what I think the big advantage is going to be? Because I, I still think, come 2022, that... Um, where your your top teams might end up being McLaren, Alpine, and Austin Martin, purely because they're used to working on a tight budget. All the teams are, are, are trying to downsize now. McLaren were the first one to downsize their operation to to fit in with the budget cap. Mercedes yeah. Mercedes still haven't you? Know, they're still plowing money into that team. And at some point next year, they're going to have to go, right, what are we doing here, guys? And they're going to have to downsize. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the teams that started doing it last year, I mean, mean, um, Racing Point, Austin Martin, Force India, whatever you want to call them, they have they've they've existed on credit, haven't they, for years? So they they used to, they used to having a tight budget. Um, I'd say Renault as well. You know, they've they although they're a part of a massive manufacturer, Renault sort of made it clear that they're not they weren't going to put the endless money pit into Formula One like some manufacturers would do. Um, I, I I think that might be one of the reasons for the uh, for this for the name change as well, just to sort of freshen it up a bit because the the for, I, I think the Formula One t- team Renault uh, might look stale now, you know, because it's been 
it's been it's been that team where you've been expecting them to do something for so long that just it will feel a bit rejuvenated to fans if there's a new new name involved. But yeah, I mean, and McLaren are. I think McLaren, Renault, and what will be Austin Martin all seem to have some wind behind them at the moment. Yeah, I think it is the ones with momentum. Yeah, I, th- I think you. I think you might be right on that. I mean, Mercedes, though, as um, as a racing organization, um, I think they're they're going to take advantage of possibly moving moving staff to other areas because don't forget they've got all the there's the formula e side of things there's mm-hmm. the hwa race lab side of things so um you see mercedes run cars without the mercedes name on in um, endurance racing in other world gt series yeah I, do, I don't mean just people losing jobs though i mean the actually having that physical amount of people to run your team I, I think that's what will become difficult for Mercedes. I mean, one of, one of the things is there's that many opt-outs in the budget cap. They've probably made enough loopholes for teams to that, get away with it. That's the thing. If you've got other areas within your big brand umbrella and you can farm something out, so if, say, in within Formula E they find some battery technology that has cross-application yes. in F1, yeah, yeah. they won't have to pay for that from F1 because Formula E has done it. McLaren mm-hmm. will be another one that that'll be good for because they have so much of their applied technology stuff. They can yeah. do a load of aero work and say, oh, we're developing a new skeleton bob, and then it does just that... happens to have some crossover. Um, does that mean Does that mean Renault can make a lot of stuff for Alpine? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Red Bull as well. Red Bull will be quite handy for the creative accountancy there because they obviously make all like skis and bollocks and all kinds Bob of sleighs yeah. and shit like mm. that. And uh, of course, this is where Ferrari, all the rumours about the Ferrari IndyCar team are coming from. Oh, look, we've made another open wheel racer. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> I, that's not happening. That was, I think, that was a an empty bargaining tool chip from Ferrari. Again, like where Although they, I don't, they want to try and get their own way. Thinking about it, I don't know how it would work with Ferrari and IndyCar because you've got to buy the chassis. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's a spec series. If they're putting an engine in there, then that's fair enough. But the engines that they use in IndyCar, not really related to the engines in F1 because there's no... no. Yeah, and as we've seen in F1, putting a Ferrari engine in a Dallara chassis doesn't always hit the mark. Oh. No, it doesn't. And when we do the race review, we'll be talking about them first. Ah, very good. And Ferrari have got enough fucking troubles with one race team. <laughs> this is true. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, which, which one? That's the problem. Should we do the review then? Let's yeah, can do it. I, th- I think we're about there. Um, right, starting from... Starting from the front, the safety car shenanigans. Mm. Um, what does everyone think about the complaints that have been made about the FIA turning the safety car lights off too late? Even though it was they only played Lewis. Sorry, I was going to say they only played Lewis Hamilton's team radio, but Valtteri Bottas, Lewis Hamilton, and Alex Albon all complained that the lights were switched off way too late. Um, it, it was in the because mi- it was in the middle of the final off. turn. Mm. Mm. I don't know because we saw Bottas didn't no we? option. Yeah, he was still warming his tires on the straight when Hamilton looked like he was trying to go, and yeah, 
and nobody's allowed nobody's allowed to pass the leader now until mm. the finish line, which was quite a way down the straight. Mm. So you know, Bottas wasn't anywhere close to being up to full speed, still warming his tyres up, and drivers set off from the back. No, I I I don't think it was Bottas still trying to warm his tyres up. I think it was Bottas trying to hold the pack up so they had less chance to get past him. Yeah, but he was in. I think so too. But he's and he's entitled yeah, to that. He can, he can oh, yeah. do that. That's his prerogative, really. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing is here. It's is that horrible. Um, uh, I don't. I don't want to say modern attitude, but that's all I've got. Of the always having to be somebody to blame for an incident for, of of any type. It was just something that happens in racing now and again. Think of all the starts we have and like all the restarts you you, you have with behind a safety car. You rarely see things like this. It's fucking dangerous. Motorsport yeah. dangerous. And when you think when, well, when the when the when the when the rear the guys at the rear of the pack were coming around the last corner, they could see above the gantry, like at the start finish line, that the the, mm-hmm. the 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 flat the light was flashing green for go, like racing. You can yeah. race now. So that's what they could see. But Bottas was still because they hadn't got anywhere near the start line yet at the front. So that's why they concertinaed up. Yeah, no but, uh, really they were all like... bunched up. But let's not let's not forget, when, like, when you were looking at that from the back of the pack, the all the mid-pack was bunched up, apart from Kimi and Vettel. That, and there was a massive gap between Kimi and Vettel and the rest of the cars. And I don't think it's a accident that two very experienced Formula 1 drivers were sat at the back going, that's going off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it. I think what happened was a bit of an anomaly with um, with the way that the Mugello circuit is, anyway. Because on a lot of other circuits, the the timing <coughs> line, the finish line, is a lot closer to the exit of the last corner than mm-hmm. it is here. Because it's it's about three quarters of the way down the straight, isn't it? Which is about three quarters of a kilometre. It's a one k long straight. Yeah. So something like, that. something like this was bound to happen because a lot of a lot of the times, the um, the pit entrance is before the last corner or on the last corner, certainly before the apex. With this one, it's actually as you're coming off the last turn, which is when the safety car comes in. That's when cars can pass the safety car, and there's a long straight drag to the start-finish line, and whoever's in the lead can go at whatever speed they want. Mm. And the light goes green as soon as, um, soon as the safety car's in the pit lane. Yeah, so it was a bit of an anomaly, but I, I agree with some of the drivers towards the back saying, whoa, that was a bit dangerous. We need to work out what went wrong there because they were seeing the green light and it wasn't actually time to go. That that, that was maybe a mistake, but as I say, there's nobody actually to blame. That's mm-hmm. just like a procedural thing that might need looking at for certain circuits like yeah. that. Yeah, I think-, I think we should just make it exciting and every single uh, safety car starts with a full grid restart. Ooh. That's interesting. Say the safety car just takes them round till the till the debris gone. They line up on the grid in the order they're in. Safety car peels off. We have a full start. They start doing that after red flags now, haven't they? Mm. Instead of yeah. having safety car starts. But apparently, uh, I, I learned at the weekend that that's at the, at the uh, behest of race control. If race control mm. decide they don't want they don't want to do a full start again. They have to. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know why they wouldn't do that because it's it's exciting. I suppose the only reason would be rain. You know, if you yeah. vote, you know, if you yeah. if you start under a safety car anyway, maybe, uh, which is thankfully something we. Uh, I mean, we haven't had many races, but thankfully something we seem to be getting away from because it, it seemed at one point 
all we were getting was safety car starts under uh, when it rained, wasn't it? And I, I hated it. I'm trying to think the last time we had a safety yeah. car we start when it was wet. one last year, but I can't remember where it was now, so that's half a story. Mm. I think it, <laughs> it, well, it was after, um, oh, what's his name? The uh, Marussia driver. Bianchi. He crashed. Yeah, no, yeah it was, was after Bianchi, like wasn't last it? Year. There was one last year. Yeah, but but there was we went through they went through a phase where oh, I see on with it, you. Yeah. It was super. We were being super cautious in rain, weren't we? Mm. Yeah, because I mean, for for a while, you know, the, the race didn't even start on a wet grid. It was half a dozen laps behind the safety car and then let it go. Was it? Yeah, German, uh, we, was it, we were. Was it Germany? There was, there was, it was. Sorry, what? I don't know if it was Germany, but it was definitely. It was. It was I think definitely that was the only least... wet race last year. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I remember Lewis saying, "Come on, let us race." Global Warming promised to give us more wet races. I'm let down. <laughs> the thing is, okay, if we if we just wind it back a bit from that first safety car incident to what caused them, um, you know, uh, after the safety car came in, but what caused the safety car um, clearing the 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 track after you know Verstappen, the Verstappen, Gasly, Raikkonen, and, and Grosjean all had a bit of a coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, that that was again. That was there's nobody really to blame there. Gasly kind of went for a space, which is always going to get smaller, um, and you know the, the the effect there was similar to what happened in the second safety car. Only it was much less because the cars weren't quite going so fast, or you know the the the, the concertina effect going into a corner is not as much as a car basically hammering on the brakes in front of a you know a, a, what is essentially a safety car, but the Gasly running into Raikkonen, Raikkonen, and then Gasly bouncing off to Grosjean and Raikkonen hitting Verstappen. I don't even know if it warranted a full safety car. I'm sure you probably could have cleared those with a virtual safety car. No, the, no, the problem was they had to get um, they had to get a crane out, so it's got to be a full safety car with any um, any cranes. In the runoff areas, okay. that, they had that's the same in F two, didn't they? Fair they enough. had the same where um, Giuliano Alessi broke down, aimed for what looked like a perfectly serviceable gap in the fence, and <laughs> the, the marshals just could not get it through. So after about three laps of virtual safety car, they then have to do a full safety car because they have to get a crane in, which was a yeah, bit of a clusterfuck. I'm still amazed that they haven't worked some sort of. Um like crane barrier out yet right you're something like that could just a, hook it out from over the barrier yeah well no no but, but no like a um a like a tire tire wall around the crane something um, like that you know uh it just it seems it seems logical to have some sort of but then if there are marshals in the way, you know, you, how easy or, you know, is, would it yeah. be to just hit a marshal or squash a marshal up against the tyre barrier? And it's the right thing to do to bring out full la- safety. We've seen not. the last two weekends tyre barriers getting completely destroyed and that's brought the red flags out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how quick, no, no, how I quick mean, is I mean, around well when, when they've around. got a crane on the circuit. Do you know what I mean? When, when, there's, yeah. when, there's a, when they've got like a digger or something on the circuit. But they've then I've, got to get I, it into position without the barrier being there. Oh yeah, but you could you could work you could it you could do it easily. You know, when you look at you, you could m- like make a universal one fits all type thing that would be 
I don't know, maybe to give you enough clearance for, for, for maybe a foot of the wheels, because the wheels are huge on these things. Um, but actually getting it into position when someone goes off, you've got to move that crane to where that car is. Oh, no, yeah, no, you could make it, as, as long as you had a little bit of ground clearance with it, you could, yeah, I mean, you're still taking it onto the circuit. Yeah, the problem. You would just, you just have a crash barrier. It, it would be dead easy to do. The problem, be dead problem easy was with this one, though, it was uh, there was that much gravel there, and especially with Max's car, it was a good sort of 10 feet from the barriers. So- yeah, no, you could still, you could still drive it. Well, there's no, there's no reason why you couldn't drive it with some sort of crashable structure around it. Sounds like a hovercraft. I'm picturing like a hovercraft skirt. So, essentially, mm. that's well, that's all you're doing. It's just so, it's having you would you would either have like a you know you know the same the sort of things that you see rugby players push um, oh, when they're the doing tackle, training the tackle pads. Yeah, that type of thing around around the unit. Which you could either then ha- uh, have tires on if you want to do it as a tire thing. You'd probably use Tech Pro barriers, to be perfectly honest, because I think that I think that would be easier. Um, but it's, it's definitely doable. You know, it's, you're always going to be dealing with cars under a yellow flag anyway. Um, so you're not looking at cars going into it in racing speed. But in case you had that situation where a car aquaplanes off the track and goes into it, you're going into Tech Pro barriers and not a fucking heavy goods vehicle and what about the marshal who was standing there attaching the crane to the car oh you no, you'd still yeah but we still have a yellow flag we still have double wave yellows anyway don't we do we red flag with with it on the track straight away now no it's safety car, oh, it's it's safety safety car. car. yeah that's right you can still aquaplane off the track with a safety car it's not i mean I, i'm not I, I'm literally looking at a, uh, a system here to protect the drivers. I don't know what you could do, bar turn the marshals into uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. But, Zorbs, um, put them in a Zorb. Yes, like that. Then a Formula One car goes into it and he goes into orbit. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> Everyone yeah, has no, a good just, time. Having a structure around the crane just seems like a good idea. I think the problem is as well there, if that becomes a requirement, who is paying for it? Does F1 pay for Tech Pro because Tech Pro is pricey as fuck? Or does the circuit have to pay for it? In which case, the circuit could just be like, nah. I'd say, the, I'd say Formula One. Because it, I think what what it would cost to do, you know, you could, again, a one-size-fits-all type thing mm. that could be adjustable. So if F1's paying for it, that's another five or a month to Sky then. Yeah. So, Haas. Oh, yes. Yes, yes the, there was a race on between all the uh, between all the interesting interludes. Um, yeah, K-Mag DNF'd. Yep. So, taken out at the start. Uh, Grosjean in 12th. He did... wasn't at the start, was he? He was at the safety car restart. Oh, K-Mag at the yeah, safety car restart, smart. yes. Yeah, sorry, Grosjean went off in the first crash. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to get back... With most of his left side arrow missing. Did someone say he actually had was about to park up and only came back into the pits because he saw the safety car came out? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they said that on the commentary. I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm sure I heard some mutterings about that. Which his, you know, well done, Grosjean. Oh, I mean, during one of the red flags, they were doing a hell of a lot of repairs on that car. You know, they, they were even out with the gaffer tape. Sticking the floor back together. I'm sure it's not the first time they've gaffered a Grosjean car back together. Usually starts every Friday morning. Grosjean's mechanics at Lotus. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, at least they're two different colours of gaffer tape, depending on what bit needed sticking back down. Remember the race. Nobody remember the. Uh... But you remember the uh, the black and gold uh, the black and gold Lotus when uh, they had to have black? Was it to hold the engine cover down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was just like just just put the tape on the black bit so we don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they had, they had some they had some gold tape in very small amounts for the front wing and the side pod. Probably, yeah, I don't remember that, but I do remember them just just using black tape on only the black bits to hold the engine cover in place. <laughs> But that was um, another of these non-weekends for Haas, really, wasn't it? You can't really say what kind of pace Grosjean had during the race because his car was that damaged. And you saw by the end of, we'll call it the sprint race, he was something like eight and a half seconds down on George Russell. Something like that. So, yeah, another one to forget for Haas. Mm. Although Drive to Survive might be interesting. Yeah. It was Haas this weekend. I really hope so. I don't know who they were <laughs> with this weekend. I don't think we nothing we saw them on the Sky coverage. They'll have been they'll have been rambling about oh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh right, Williams. This is all you got this right, Chris. This is, this is all binary. Except for one. It is, yeah. Except except Tiffy for two teams. Yeah, Latifi didn't get um Tiffy didn't get um, shunted. He get, he did get damaged in that mm. um, safety car restart, but he did an extra lap before pulling into the pits. And it was only then that Williams' team decided, ah, yeah, this isn't fixable. We're just gonna we're gonna because he had like, he had a garage. whole wheel hanging off practically, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, I don't think he realised how bad it was. Mm. He may still manage to get it round to the pit. Yeah, uh, but again, Latifi didn't finish. Um, Russell looked like he was going to score points. Probably would have done had it not been for that uh, Lance Stroll red flag uh, on after was that lap forty something. Yeah. Then uh, yeah, unfortunately, just didn't didn't get the restart he wanted from the from that particular restart. Uh, finished eleventh, which is equals his career best, but you know, still shy of that of that point. And it was something like only um, two seconds away from getting points after the Kimi penalty. Yeah, it was all still like very that. bunched was, up. Um, yeah. Yeah, Danny Kvyat was was brought in front of the stewards as well, wasn't he, for um, driving too slowly under the under the safety car? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was one but... of three. There were three of them um, called into the stewards, and then twelve given um, warnings. All twelve. All twelve drivers that were that were not Mercedes, I think, were given. Were given Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Russell at one point it looked like you say it looked like he was on for points. The the restart really hurt him, and um, he lost a couple of places there to Grosjean and Raikkonen because they'd got an extra lap in before the restart to uh, catch up because they were the only two drivers that had been lapped. So race control let them do an extra outlap prior to forming the grid, so that um, they'd got a little bit more heat in the tyres as well. And then his start procedure didn't work one hundred percent, so he kind of got a double whammy, and then that dropped him to last from uh, from the off because Vettel got ahead of him too. Yeah. Um, it's getting it's getting tantalisingly close for Williams. Another race with another race with shenanigans at a track that nobody knows. You could see him in the points. Uh, Portugal, Portimao, yeah, be a good shout. 
The Burgerring could very well rain in Germany in those yeah. mountains at that time of the year. Very that, true. That is true. Keep forgetting we're going there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a, it's a race after next, isn't it? Mm, I'm surprised that they've done. That we're at the end of the of the triple triple header now, aren't we? That's it. There's no more. It becomes there's one yeah. more triple header, which is at the end of the season, and that's it. Yeah, we've got a little run, a little run of every other week for a, for a, about a month now, which is quite exciting. Yeah, and then uh, we get weekends off. Mm, Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> And then we've got, uh, I think the only triple header now is the two Bahrains and Abu Dhabi at the mm. end of the year. Mm. So no more triple headers till November, December. Christ. How will we know what to do on a Sunday? Well, there's Le, there's, <laughs> Le, there's Le Mans this weekend, which I'm not live blogging. We'll be about. We'll, be, we'll be about. We'll be on Twitter and Discord. Uh, right, Alfa Romeo next. Um, Kimi in ninth, and Giovinazzi gets the Giovinazzi Participation Award for being at the circuit this weekend. I mean, uh, he, he was again tangled up, wasn't he, with that? Yeah, uh, the incident safety car with the behind the safety car. Yeah, and Kimi Raikkonen, I don't know how, was in, <laughs> involved in in almost every incident that happened on track at some point, but. Yeah, still, yeah, he even got a five-second penalty and still bought home. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. Wasn't happy about five the penalty, penalty was he? Still bought home. Yeah, he wins radio F one radio of the weekend. Obviously, full radio of the weekend was Dick Tantrum. What? Yeah. It was just radio oh, of the weekend. What? <laughs> fuming. You, that was so funny. You, you can't, you can't, you can't be angry, Radio Kimmy. It was it was funny? I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, props to Kimmy for bringing home two points for Alfa Romeo, even with everything that went on. <laughs> uh, the whole race was the whole. Like, he was sent into the air at turn two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was yeah. He was narrowly avoided that whole um, shenanigans with the uh, safety car restart. Uh, managed every other restart perfectly after that, and was across the line ahead of the Ferraris. Only only dropped behind Leclerc because of the five second penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reasonable reasonable day at the office for Kimi, I would say. Yeah, I mean the, the pretty good. Yeah, you know the highest placed Ferrari powered finisher. Uh, did anyone catch the um, the special question in the press conference with uh, Kimi Raikkonen pre race weekend? No. It was. It's been twenty years, almost to the day that you made your first Formula One test here at Mugello. Uh, what does that? What can you remember from that day, and how special was it for you? Oh, please Kimmy's tell me it was a totally was, Kimmy answer. Oh, it was the best of Kimmy answers. He said things. He wasn't just like a one-word answer, but he said, "Yeah, was twenty years ago now. It's half my life ago. Uh, was a day that was a day that certainly changed my life." <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> He asked you, what did you remember from that day and how special was it for you? The fact that it happened. He just repeated the question back at him. That's like doing a GCSE exam. If you're not sure, just answer, just repeat the question in the answer and you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Right, on to the, um, well, the the reason this race took place. Oh, the Ferrari. Yeah, at the request of Ferrari. Yes. On the face of it, double point finish. I was going to say, one of the few teams that had both cars cross the line, one surely. Of two one of two teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ferrari were, were 
both both cars across the line, and I said it would be a good race for them beforehand. Uh, it'd be a good race if they can get both cars in the points. I didn't know yeah. the clusterfuck that was going to happen, but they got both <laughs> cars in the points. I reckon they'd so, have taken it at the start of the day. It was uh, they got both cars in the points uh, this time last year. That would have been a f- you know, full-on disaster for you know, for Ferrari, but it's it's all right. It's okay. A double points finish. Mainly because a lot of faster cars were in pieces, but you you take it you oh, take it you yeah. take it as you get it. Well, Vettel mm, broke his front wing on the opening lap on the spinning signs. Yeah, so they yeah. they did have a bit of a palaver themselves. They did, um, but you know when you look at you know, cars that probably would have finished ahead of them, it's arguable that they may have not got any points. But you've got to take what comes in front of you, and Ferrari did that and scored points. Do you think there's any? I, I mean, I don't think um, Ferrari are purposely given Vettel a bad car. That's not. That's not what I'm trying to say. Oh no, they've accidentally given both of them a bad car. <laughs> yeah, but. That car that Sebastian Vettel was driving looked a lot looser and a lot harder to drive than what uh, Leclerc was driving. That could be down to driver preference and the way that he sets up his car. Could be, or it's just... um, Or they built a car for Leclerc that fits his driving style better than it fits Seb's, and Seb's trying to set it up as best Or Sebastian Vettel's just not getting the love anymore, which is what I... Yeah, I that's thought... what I'm thinking. Is he's he's just you know if there's an atmosphere in the team that sort of stuff. The number two, him. Yeah, but it seems worse than number two in him because it's just it, it, the whole thing. I yeah, don't forget though when Ferrari number two someone, they number two them with a with a vengeance. Mm, they just seem to be fucking them on the way out the door. That's the that's the the issue I've got with it. You know, if if what he said is true and they never never even offered him a deal in the first place then mm-hmm. he was always going to struggle this year because everything related to the car and the team and the way the weekend works is going to be built around Leclerc. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, he, you know, anything he does, well, it's it's a bonus, but we're not bothered. But even with Leclerc this weekend, there was one book when they said to him, oh, it's going to be, you know, plan A plus A, and then he said no, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, what do you think about plan C? And, and he was just, well, just make a decision. That, yeah, that whole was total strategy clusterfuck was still there. Whoever was in the car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was total Ferrari. That they they, they wanted him to make a decision. You know, mm-hmm. it's he's kind it of busy. The team. <laughs> yeah, that's his job is to get the car around the track yeah. as quick as possible. They've got all it, the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I don't get it. Don't get it. I mean, I'm, but I tell you what, like, it, we'll see what's going on next year because. The the motivation Sebastian Vettel will have next year going into a new team will be off the charts. Oh yeah, def- I'm looking def- forward definitely. to it. I think I think good good fiery Vettel that'll be mm. good entertainment. And it'll de- oh, oh, oh he might oh he has completely lost it. Like the the it was just one of those he, he was lucky at the moment he was in Formula One where Formula One fitted his style of driving. You know, it's and that that could totally be a thing as well. I, I hope that's not what it is, but well, uh, you know, well, I don't know. It, I mean, that, that uh, could be it. All right, all his championships came before the hybrid era. Now, since then, he's still won races in a Ferrari. He's still pushed for championships until there's been sometimes it's where he's made the mistakes, going off in Germany, spinning, 
Baku. (laughs) (laughs) Losing his rag completely. So, you know, it's. I don't think it's a question of he was in Formula One at the ideal time for him. Um, you know, it, it's either going to be Ferrari have just got everything so unbelievably wrong, or they were cheating for God knows how many years. Or, I, I, or I'm he, going with that one. Or he has turned to crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going with that. Let's let's not forget it. We, he, you know, he's. He's still the only guy that's been in Ferrari for since um, Fernando Alonso almost won a world championship. That that's even looked like they could possibly win a world championship before it fell apart halfway through the season. Yeah, and that is just Ferrari ending up doing Ferrari things, though, isn't it? Mm. Yep, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, what have we got next? Alpha Tori, um, Gasly. Goes from binary Italian Grand Prix for him, yeah. really, wasn't it? Fucking hell! Yeah, wins in wins in Monza, gets classified as the first retirement. Mm. Yeah, much like uh, Statman pointed out that um, exactly the same thing happened to the last French winner, Olivier Panis, uh, following his win at Monaco in '96. He was the first retirement at the next Grand Prix. <laughs> so, if you're French, go careful the following weekend after yeah. you win. Th- then again, they only happen about sort of once every twenty odd years, don't they, sir? So. Mm. He had a terrible qualifying as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Mm, yeah, just not his, not his feeling, weekend. I get the feeling he saw a Red Bull and thought it might be Albon and thought, ha, early chance to get past Albon here and pushed a little bit too... I, I, I don't place the blame entirely for that turn two incident at Gasly's door, but if you're going to blame anybody, it's probably Gasly's fault. Yeah, probably. It's, I mean... I suppose Max bunched them up just because of the issue he's having, you know, and that's not, it's not Max's fault. He can't help, like, a lack of power. He's just got to try and navigate his way around as safe as he can. But, you know, it's, it, you don't expect it, do you? Well, well, yeah. You know, when all the cars have launched properly like they did, and then all of a sudden one car in the middle of the, uh, like, ends up in the middle of the pack that was at the front. I was going to say, I don't, something you're going to see. I don't think it was down to Max to navigate his way through as best he can. I think it was more he was trying to put himself somewhere where people could see him and he was going slowly because that car just had nothing. It was yeah. harvesting, wasn't it, the whole time? Yeah. So. It was broke. Um, but seventh place for Kvyat, pretty anonymous over the course of the race. Really didn't see him until yeah. um, until the end when he was uh, when he was battling with uh, with Leclerc. Yeah, just very, just got on with it, I suppose. Avoided all the drama and brought the car An anonymous race and, and did what he had to do. Yeah. Yeah, just completely stayed out of it. Still think he'll be gone at the end of the year. Yeah, but Alpha Tauri are having a pretty good year. Um, I don't, you know, given, given the Toro Rosso team had their ups and downs, and since they changed the name to, to Alpha Tauri this year, uh, pretty consistent point scorers, um, you know, this this midfield is tight, but they are not necessarily towards the back. They're, no. they're, they are they are in there. Oh yeah, I mean they they are they are definitely part of the midfield now. Yeah, totally, yeah. And sometimes, like uh, at Monza, they're at the sharp end, and sometimes, you know, they, they, they won't be. But it's it's an impressive. I don't want to say comeback, but it's an impressive um, turn of form that they find themselves this year in in the position that they're in. Yeah, who did they replace James Key with? Because whoever, whoever it was has done a damn good job on that car. 
Do you know, I can't yeah, remember. I don't know if they replaced him with one specific person or if they just had a little <coughs> bit of a rejig. Adrian knew his re- uh, recycle bin or something. Possible. Very possible. Because <laughs> what, whatever, whatever, whatever they did, it certainly seems to have worked well for him because the, the car is... It's, it's quick and it's not draggy. And that, that's been a problem that they've had in the past. And you can tell that it really does suit the Honda engine. All right, the Honda's had one year longer in that team than it has in the uh, in the big boy Red Bull team. But no, it's not the, a rubbish engine, is it? By any stretch of the imagination. Who'd have, who'd have thought that five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> but no, whoever's uh, whoever's done the car this year, you know they've they've pulled they've pulled something out of the bag. Uh, right, McLaren next. Joe, just quickly, when you're saying about the engine, there, does no one think that the um, the fuel map seems to have really, really badly affected Honda? Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, I wonder how much the the Red Bull organization as as a whole now regret pushing for this um, mm. single single engine mode because it's then that it appeared to have been have come worse off. Well, for straight line speed, uh, I think Honda are the worst engine again. I would still say Ferrari. I'd still say it was the Ferrari engine. The oh, sorry, of, yeah. No, sorry, I'm wrong. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of Ferrari. I was still thinking of a cheaty Ferrari. But uh, <laughs> it's, but it's, I think it's helped Renault probably be the second best. Mm. There have been a couple yeah, of tracks so. where um, Kvyat, I think, uh, one of one recent-ish race, can't remember which one, might have been Belgium, was fastest in the speed trap. I think it was Belgium, yeah. Mm. You know, he he was getting the he's they're now getting the surprise fastest that um, Grosjean and Magnussen were getting last year with the cheaty Ferrari. Just because those yeah, I think it's a, given what they've got. Alpha Tauri mm. are having a pretty good year. Well, I mean, you look at uh, even on the on the restart after um, George Russell had such a bad start, like he basically drove through Grosjean, didn't he, on the straight? Yeah. Russell. Yeah, I was I was talking back about the engine engine yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, but don't forget um Grosjean's car was really badly damaged mm. even with all the repairs they managed to do. And it did have a Grosjean in it. Yeah. That doesn't help. It, really, was, does it, it was kind of the triple whammy, the Ferrari engine, the lack of aero and what was behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so McLaren then. Um science Lost it on the. It was the re, it was the first restart, wasn't it? Where Science went. Well, he spun on um, the opening lap, got tagged by Stroll, I think, which sent him round. Then got hit by Vettel as well, mm. and yeah, found himself well down the order, and yeah, got caught up in the safety car chaos. With all the uh, back markers, because he shouldn't have been that far down. No. Um, yeah, as you say, got caught up. It hurt his hand as well because it was mm. quite a big. Big impact initially for Carlos Sainz, but uh, he said, you know, he held his hand for a bit, got it checked out, and said he was fine, probably just a little bit of bruising or something. So, mm-hmm. I thought it's nothing serious. Um, I, yeah, can, I, can ima- a... I can imagine when the steering wheel's spinning and it catches you, it's going to give you a hell of a clout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think his, his hand was just. If you watch the replay again, his hand is sort of like forced off of the steering wheel, like into mm. the side of the into the side of the cockpit. It's well, like, even even that or that whole impact would have gone through the steering column into his hands. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. I think he got his hands off the steering column in time, but they just then got battered about within the within mm. the cockpit. Mm. 
So yeah, um, unfortunate for Sainz, um, but Norris, uh, given okay, yeah, we were there with shenanigans. Given that he had a uh, you know a poor run up to the Sunday, even lost his hundred uh, percent Q three appearance record. Um, sixth place is 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 pretty good, pretty respectable, given that you know he wasn't on it at all. Either were McLaren really in the run up to Sunday. Similar to Kvyat, really, just kind of quietly got the job done. Ed didn't see him making any bold, you know, manoeuvres or anything like that. Just kept it on the on the grey stuff, kept it out of trouble, and 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 got across the line with a, a decent haul of points. And if I if I remember, if I'm right, I think he's leading Formula One point five. Ah, uh, very possibly. I think he's leading the championship in one point five again. Have some standings. And that could, that could be yeah, that could be some googling being done. Yeah, McLaren weren't really on it at all up to uh, up to Sunday. They just they just didn't seem to um, just didn't seem to switch it on. Lando Norris right. remains fourth in the driver standings. So yes, yeah. so yes then. Are we counting? Uh, Al- are we counting Albon as a Formula One point five driver? He's fifth anyway. Oh so. no, he's in a Red Bull. <laughs> but yeah, he Mc- shouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah, McLaren just didn't have it this weekend. There's, I don't know whether it was the circuit wasn't good for them. I heard it was. Um... The the wind on the circuit, like just just the, it was really throwing their aero balance off more than the other cars. Because it was a hell of a headwind for most of the weekend coming down the coming down the straight, which is why DRS worked so well. Yep, because it had to have quite a high downfall setup, even though it was quick, because most of the circuit you're turning. Yeah, yeah. so in that respect, good weekend for Lando. You know, if they, they, he got points he didn't expect he was going to get. Yeah, you know, it's, it's still up there in the championship. You know, he's he's quietly having a right cracker of a year, mm. doing good. Not, well, uh, not not doing bad at all. Fortunate for science, though. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, I until um, this time last week, I said it was going to be a double McLaren podium. Regretted that one. <laughs> um, racing point up next. Now they were they were on for a double points finish until Stroll's horror crash. Yeah, not his fault. No, not at all. at all. I think it was a it was a tire, wasn't it? A rear tire that went just they, as he was starting to turn. They were still investigating the cause after the race, but they they yeah, I think he he said it felt like a puncture. Yeah, yeah. not the, the thing is when something like that happens, very similar to what happened to Kvyat in Silverstone, you don't get an awful lot of time to react, and when you go in that fast, you can't just put the brakes on. So when he hit the tires. Uh, that racing point just sort of fell apart, didn't it? You know, it mm. was it was on fire, and then it wasn't, and then they tried lifting it, and it was back on fire again, and then lots of fluid fell out of it, and then the engine cover peeled off. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think was it not the marshals that peeled it off to try and get to the source of the fire because it just kept catching back on fire like one of those trick yeah, birthday maybe. cake candles. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yes, that accident caused the final uh, red flag and, and restart, but it wasn't. It wasn't Stroll's fault. I did, I did feel a bit bad for him because I didn't. I didn't think it was. Um, it's not something that was justified, was it? But at the same time, we're hearing calls to the Mercedes drivers to stay off the curbs, and I wonder if Racing Point were just a little bit lax in that respect, and it could have been something to do with the fact that Lance was riding the curbs a bit higher, 
um, than than anyone else, and just was unlucky with his with one of his tyres. I mean, it was, it, was, it, it was only a level two call from Mercedes to stay off the curbs that didn't get James involved. Uh, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> James. I did enjoy that one where uh, Lewis said, "Which curbs?" He said, "Oh, a curb, whichever corner it was." Ah, oh, pretty much all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cause I'm I'm, ge- I'm guessing the curbs there are meant as a deterrent for bikes, so um, yeah, they're, they're not going to be F1 car friendly, are they? T- a deterrent for bikes a challenge for Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at the moment. He's only one-handed, isn't he? It, yeah, a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Still time for him to come back and probably win the championship. Uh, it's what happens in Moto- <laughs> what happens in MotoGP. Although Crutchlow is coming back soon as well. Oh yeah, he posted. By the way, he posted full, full, detailed video of his arm surgery on Instagram. It was well graphic. I am not. Oh. Gonna, I'm going to make a point of not watching that. <laughs> I fucking love a grim operation video. No, most people compared the inside of his arm to various cuts that you would see in a butcher's. It was. Nice. Detailed. Do we see tendons? I'm a fan of a tendon. I have a look for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Perez then. <laughs> or oh, the soon-to-be unemployed Perez as of this week. A good drive, given yeah. that, you know, he had the uh, he had the news. He made the announcement himself, didn't he, on Thursday, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah you know, me- good drive, given media, that. Uh, media day. Oh no! Sorry, it was it was late Wednesday. I think yeah. Do we morning. think he jumped the gun a little bit just to sort of try and own it a bit? Yeah, a good drive, kind of where we expected. Well, where I expected Racing Point to kind of finish. Really, um, they were running. Was it fifth and sixth that they were running? Yeah, when yeah. Stroll retired. So, yeah, that's about right. Kind of, you know, fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, um, but a strong drive from Perez. Um, Given that you know, he's, he's made the announcement now that he's out of a job for next year, essentially, and to put himself in the shop window straight away, could have done much more than that. On for a podium at one point, but you know there were there were always going to be those faster cars behind him. Yeah, and of course, with um, lack of overtaking spaces anywhere that isn't the main straight, and the faster cars getting the DRS. Um, it was bound to happen. Did you see in the? It was in. Can't remember if it was the Saturday or the Sunday F two race. Schumacher, <coughs> Schumacher got ahead of Markelov, managed to do an overtake on the final corner, but before the DRS line. And as soon as Markelov got DRS on Schumacher, uh, he managed to pull out hot, uh, about three quarters of a second on him by the end of the main straight. So that's that's the kind of difference that um, the DRS makes there. Oh my God, Crutchlow's arm. <laughs> <laughs> Perez, though, getting back to the, <laughs> uh, the race. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Lee is vegetarian for the next couple of days. <laughs> Checo Perez um, doing what, what he did. He um, defended really well, I thought, and very fairly when Daniel Ricciardo tried to uh, to go around him and did eventually go around him at turn one. Um, but to try and sort of, you know, just just we didn't see enough of that. I don't think sort of edging the edging the driver out towards the outside of turn one when drivers trying to go around the outside I thought he did a really good job of trying to defend his line but you know Ricardo was too strong yeah and that um, that does put us on to Renault next that that Renault engine in well that Renault combination is looking a lot better than uh, than we've seen it in a long time Cyril why did Ocon retire 
Brakes. Brakes overheating. During the first safety car, uh, George Russell was behind Ocon, and he, yeah, yeah, he radio- radioed in and said, um, tell him to pay Ocon, his brakes are on fire. I misheard and thought George was saying his brakes were on fire. Yeah, I thought he'd said that. And then I'd heard him say that Ocon's brakes were on fire. Yeah, and yeah, then well. and then during the red flag, uh, they realised that yeah, they had been on fire and caused way too much damage. I love the idea that Renault have gone. Yeah, mate, try again. You know, we're not going to take a car out of your way just because you're saying it's on fire. <laughs> just that, oh, just leave yeah. them out there on fire. It's fine. They got it back into the garage and like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, you were on fire. <laughs> oh, it was um, okay. real fire, mm. right? Yeah. But yeah, a beat George, up, a George beat... wasn't lying. These smell like beef strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a beatable getting a, a tattoo. Fast enough. Do we think a beatable will get the tattoo this year? It's coming, isn't it? Mm. It's on its way because let's be honest. It, it looked. It looked. Was it Monza or was it Monza? Bel- Belgium wasn't it? Where I think Ricardo finished fourth. Yes. Yeah. So it it was on for it was on for Belgium. Then we had that crazy race in Monza where, you know, Renault didn't quite take advantage. And then, you know, again, a sort of slightly crazy race, but, you know, we still had the podium that we kind of would have expected. Um, and Ricardo was there or thereabouts. Fourth is a decent decent position for him. He will get that podium before the end of the year. I, and I, I think he I, might I, get it I, at the end, next race. I really thought he was on for it this time. Mm. I, I thought he could have. Um, I thought he could have got it, but Albon just seemed to find something from somewhere. Without the restart, I think he would have done. It's just the the tyres, I think, and mm. the fuel suited Red Bull at that particular moment in time. Don't forget the last restart. Ricardo got up to second. He got ahead of Bottas by turn one, mm. um, but it was just you know just didn't seem to have the pace. Well, yeah, once he once he got up there. Yeah, I, I expected him to get swamped by Bottas, and then uh, and then I, I, I got to admit I was actually quite surprised that Albon came through as well. But there there was I'd... a bit of a, a debate going on, sort of internally, because I, bo- I wanted both of those drivers to get podiums for different reasons. I was the same. Mm. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to get the podium more. I what I drew. I wanted, apart from the fact I had a bet on him, but uh, <laughs> I wanted Ricardo to do it. <laughs> Just because I like Ricardo a little bit more. <laughs> um, right, Red Red Bull. Um, for Stappen, we sort of touched on the engine problems early, but again, it's one of those <coughs> phantom problems that just seems to come out on the outlap on a Sunday morning. By all accounts, yeah. had left the circuit before the first red flag. Oh, he was pissed. He did pen and he fucked off home. <laughs> <laughs> there was some debate as to whether or not he would actually have got home by the end of the race. Um, Where does he live? Depends, I mean, he's... Monaco, isn't he? He's one of the Monte Carlo club. He normally jet shares with Ricardo. Yeah, but can you? Where would he have gone from? From Mugello, Florence, mm, possibly. Unless he got a helicopter. Just, just got a helicopter, and cause it's not all. It's not. Yeah. It's not miles. Yeah, but Florence is the near. Would be the nearest airport. Mm. If he if he went from from an airport, but yeah, if he, unless he unless he helicoptered it home. Uh, he possibly could have got a home then. In that case, yeah, yeah. he probably he probably <laughs> sat probably sat down in his apartment just to watch the uh, the end of the race. Yeah, did did a Kimmy went home and watched it on telly. Yeah, <laughs> Kimmy did that. Um, was that was that Monaco? That, one was, that was Monaco. He didn't go. He didn't go back to the garage or do media. He just went straight back to his yacht. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was the, there was the um, was the infamous year in the late eighties where Senna crashed. 
Cerner just went back to his apartment and Ron Dennis had to go and find him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Albon, first podium. Yeah, yes. overdue, That's but good. Exactly what he needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to see him with a little bit more confidence because I mean mm-hmm. he's got he's got that off his back now, and you know that must have been preying on his mind. I think yeah, this probably is it. This... should have been Brazil last year. Probably should have been Austria this year, but you know, he's got it now. Mm. This could let, be the, the turning on. point for him potentially. It'll be interesting to see whether it changes the pace he's got. Mm. No, will the extra confidence bring a little bit more pace? Because again, we had lots of shenanigans. You know, it's not—it's not like it wasn't completely incident-free. Um, again, without the restarts, I'd argue he wouldn't have got that because I think Ricardo would have had it. Um, you know, if, if it would have just been a straight race, would he have? Would he have been able to hang up, hang up there with the pace that, like, let's say Verstappen was still there? Would he have been able to keep pace with Verstappen and stuff? You know, I think I think although this was a great happy story, there's still a lot of question marks there. Well, I think I think they'll be answered in they'll be answered in two weeks' time because it might actually change change his whole mindset. You know, yeah, absolutely. Now, now mm. he now he's got that out of the way. Yeah, like it did for like it did for Gasly. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's it's start you know it's starting starting to work and unless he torpedoes into the back end of Vettel next week and uh, <laughs> becomes Ga- Gasly part two and uh, you know no post- that's Kvyat you're thinking oh, of there. sorry yes Kvyat, yeah, Kvyat part gets, two. gets podium then does torpedo yes. at Russia <laughs> it's coming could do and yeah, no, I think um, I mean if we see as I said before seen... you, you've only got to deal with what's in front of you haven't you and Alex Albon did that to the best of his abilities and mm-hmm. and, and scored a podium uh, he probably wouldn't have done if Max was there but I mean he, even if he'd gotten fourth that's probably the best Alex Albon could could have done on the day well, I, yeah I mean I, I hope so I, it's, my, my thing with him is he doesn't actually need to do anything other than stay in the pit window of the Mercedes, that's that's all Red Bull really need him to do. And probably all they want him to do, to be perfectly honest. But um, and I, I had a bet on him to win. I thought 66 to 1 for uh, Albon to win that Grand Prix was a good bet. But um, I, 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 well, don't get me wrong, I want to see him do well because he seems like a nice lad. You'd have, but... got, you'd have got 12 to 1 if you'd have gone each way and you'd have cashed in. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but um, I just... I, I don't I I don't know if I saw the rebirth that some some people, especially the Sky pundits, were sort of like flouncing around. Um, it's just it's a good, it's a good result that he's been he's been he needed he did need it yeah, yeah the, you know I I think you know Russia in two weeks time will show if that's changed him or not mm-hmm. if if we see the I'm not going to say keep keeping pace with Max but. Being <coughs> being respectably close to Max, yeah, and keeping in the Mercedes pit window, then yes, he's got the monkey off his back, and it looks like part of it was. But if he if he finishes if he finishes thirty seconds behind Max again, like podium or no podium, it's game over. He they they will replace him for next year. Not before next year. For next year, I was going to say. I think I can't. I can't see him making a change this year, just with the screwed up way that F one and the rest of the world is. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think. I think it's too. You don't even really have the gaps, do you? You know, mm. it's, it's not like there's a summer break or anything like that where you can get uh, 
a driver like Gasly back in the idea, for instance, for for being in the main team. But yeah, I mean, we've, we've I, got we've got a weekend without an F one race. That is effectively we're getting the autumn break next weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously, you know, obviously, I don't, you know, there just there just isn't the time between now and the end of the season to sort it out. Cause it's still coming fairly. All the races are coming fairly thick and fast. We've got there's one more double header as well as a triple header, isn't there? Yes, I think so. That rings a bell. But yeah, twatting around with like bubbles and stuff like that is too much of a pain in the ass, I imagine. Yeah. So I, I, I can't see Red Bull doing any form of um, any form of switch for the rest of 2020. I mean, they've said they're going to make a decision sometime within the next six weeks about the 2021 lineup. Yes, that's what they said um, before. Magello, so I think it was around about Tuesday, Wednesday last week. Um, they said, yeah, within the next six weeks, the announcement will be made. But as we probably know, probably on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, but as we know, with Red Bull announcements for driver lineups, it's always pretty fluid anyway, and you just uh, wait from one week to the next to see who's in what car. We'll find out like the night before FP1 in Australia next year. Then, <laughs> mm. yeah, that is probably going to be the case. Right, and that just leaves Mercedes. Um, we had three starts to the race. Bottas won one of them. Hamilton won two. Yeah, it was one of those Mercedes performances, wasn't it? I mean, I kept an eye on the FP, uh, FP one and FP two on Friday, and sort of, saw, you know, saw an interview with Lewis where he was saying, I "Really feel like I'm getting to grips with this so, so quickly, but you know, still some time." I got to look over the data and see what was what's been going on, and then even FP three Bottas was fastest. I was like, oh, okay, so this might be one of one of the Bottas tracks. Then, and then Q three came along and Hamilton's like, boom, pole position, <laughs> and the race. Even when Bottas got ahead, I I was just like, yeah, Lewis isn't gonna stay behind, is he? He's gonna gonna find a way back out front again, and sure enough, he did, and. Yeah, it never. You I think despite... I put on the Discord. Sorry, right, go, go on. on. I was just gonna say, despite all the chaos, it never looked like not being a Mercedes one two. No, the Red Bull on the podium as well. So we had two Mercedes and a Red Bull on the podium, which you would probably say you would have expected pre-race anyway. Nobody mm. would have been shocked if you'd said that's how it finishes. Um, then you look at everything that happened behind and how binary the results were for everybody else apart from Ferrari. And you know, it's you see what kind of a, a crazy incident laden race that it was. It wasn't. I don't think it was a great race. I've seen some people saying, "Oh my god, that race was incredible." No, it wasn't. Uh, it was incident laden. Most of the incidents were the most of the incidents were done by the end of lap five. Lap I think Ocon retired. Lap seven, I think his official retirement was. But then the only thing that happened after that really was that. Lance Stroll crashed and caused another red flag. Yeah, there was a little mm. bit of a contest for the the pod the third podium spot, and aside from that, it, it as a race, it wasn't a thriller. Not really, no. Um, like I said before, I'm I'm okay with if they don't go back to Mugello. I'm all right with that. Um, but Mercedes, given them they're due. That's why they're the best at the moment. Uh, a one-two is you know, is all you can ask for. And more records being broken week by week by by both drivers. Yeah, I mean, dominant win for Hamilton. He's now one race behind Schumacher. Yeah, I think 90. Yeah, 90 that was number 90. Now. Yeah. 
Because there was the whole, big, whole big thing, if he'd won at Monza, then he'd be equal in Schumacher's record at Ferrari's party, just to really kick him in the trousers. <laughs> Bottas uh, broke um, record for the most finished podiums. He's ahead of Mika Hakkinen now, mm. in terms of podiums for finished drivers. Um, Hamilton, was it? he broke the record for most consecutive finishes in Formula One, but he's just done that scoring in the points every single race. So he actually took that record away from Nick Heidfeld. <laughs> More disappointments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and of course, ex- extending the fact that he's finished every race in the points means that consecutive points finishes is his record at the moment that's what, still what was, ongoing. As when well. was the last time that he didn't? And are we, is <clears> it, was it Malaysia 2016? No. No, it was Austria, it was Austria. 2018. Both of them had engine palavas. I looked into this when I heard the stat on Saturday, and it was Austria 2018 was the last time Hamilton didn't finish a race. And uh, his last retirement before that was Malaysia 2016. And I'm going to have a quick Wikipedia, but memory, when was the last time Lewis Hamilton finished a race but wasn't in the points? Bloody Jesus, hell. now that is a question. I think I can remember, but I'm just going to have a quick wiki. I have no idea. I, I can't f- Strictly speaking, he finished Germany last year outside the points and only got moved into the points after Alfa Romeo got a penalty. Yeah, but he fin- I think his official finish was ninth. In, yes, in, it was. In that race. I think, because I'm just about to get the chart now, I think it was Spain... 2013 was the last time he finished a race and wasn't in the points. Blood. That's I ridiculous. couldn't tell you anything about Spain 2013 off the top of my head. I want to say it was probably unremarkable and probably won by Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just have a look at this. 2013. Yeah, Spain 2013. He finished 12th. Every race that he's finished since then, he's been in the points. Jesus. That's mental. That That is just team and driver dominance yeah i can't see uh I'm, I'm now looking at his wikipedia page i can't see anything outside the top 10 since since then to finish excuse me spain 2013 was won by alonso well they, they, yeah. I think it was yeah there you go i'm surprised lee wasn't straight on it that. was his last win really wow Ooh. alonso's last win before the GP2 era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been, yeah. So, rock stars and wankers. Ooh. Tough one, this. <sighs> Tough one, this. Um, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not, entirely, not entirely sure if we can call any of the drivers particular wankers, because... No one really caused a crash, there just were crashes. I mean, rock, rock star burnt my lander. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suggested him as driver of the day, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, he had one of his busy weekends in uh, all three series. Mm. Oh, thank God there wasn't a Porsche Super Cup race there oh, this hell. weekend. I doubt Ferrari would let to the Porsche Super Cup race at Mugello somehow. <laughs> wankers, but not as much wankers as they possibly should have been. Ferrari, for arranging their 1,000th Grand Prix anniversary at Mugello and then only finishing 8th and 10th and thinking that that was okay. <laughs> Um, anything else? Yeah, there's nothing really standing out. Mercedes, perhaps, for the 1-2 finish? I mean, they do it every bloody week anyway. <laughs> um, K- 
Kemi, rock star for uh, well, the for team what? radio. For what? Yeah. <laughs> you must have known, Kimmy. You must have known from that pit lane entry that that was a little bit suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even the FIA weren't to uh, to wankery this weekend. Yeah. No, I think nothing particular to to rock star or wanker for me. I don't think. Yeah. Right, and for once. No predictions for next week's race. Because there isn't a race next week. We've got Le Mans this weekend. I don't have predictions for Le Mans. Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, we're done. There's only only really the Toyota's in any contention for it, unless shenanigans. Brendan Hartley is racing because he's so experienced. Oh, hell. Um, quite, a few, quite a few XF1 drivers on the, um, on the grid in all four classes. And yeah, we'll be about on Twitter and Discord and various socials. So, what, you know, watch along with us if you fancy it. Not doing the full 24 hours. Probably not. No, fair enough. And, <laughs> and not live blogging it this year because Dan's not here to bribe me with large bottles of scotch. Shall we shunt it? think so. Yes. Cool. Right. Who is this week's shuntist? I don't know if that was dead lucky, that, because I... Uh, the, Lee, my, Lee accidentally dropped out of the... Uh, no, oh. my, my internet dropped out and I had to go out and come back in. Oh, <laughs> oh that, was, uh, that was good timing. In that case, if you miss the Rockstars and Wankers, do you have any? Um, Ferrari Wankers, even though they got double points. That seemed to be the general. Yeah, that was the consensus. <laughs> was yeah, yeah. The because uh, I I think they'd have been in real trouble if other people had finished. Uh, George Russell not scoring a uh, uh, scoring a point was both a wanker and he was a rock star after it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's no, there's just nothing. Restarts are rock stars. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give you that one. Uh, this this one is from. Uh, is this the one you were going to do last week? My... And then Patrick said... Thompson. Uh, yes, this Patrick was the one Thompson. I was going to do last week, and I remembered to do it this week. Check Excellent. me out. Oh my god! He'll he'll say he's written something this down is, next to remind good, himself. Good, good planning. <laughs> Are we ready? Yes. Yes. I think so. <laughs> You're not going to be happy. No. I. Yeah. I'm. I'm bald. What? No, 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 no. Were you born bald? I like bald? it. I like he's mixing it up. I like he's mixing it up. Oh, I, I, I don't know. We don't do change, yes, sir. Is it a tyre? I started my career in 1975. Right. Okay. I have been a chief development driver for Bridgestone. No, I was joking with a tyre, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. Baldy drivers. can't think of any bald drivers. I can't I think of a baldy one. Hartberger was balding, wasn't he? That's too uh, too far away for, for him. <coughs> Nicky Lauda didn't have any hair, but that was because of the fire. Um... um Lewis Hamilton's got... 
aftermarket dreads. I'm also was say. not starting his career in 1975, <laughs> 10 years before he was born. I know we have the theory that McLaren grew him in a test tube, but... <laughs> aftermarket dreads, I like that. Like, like he's... Like he popped into his local like like auto dealer and just yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull pull the curtain back here slightly, but only because what you just said and it's it's on topic and it's really funny. But there was a certain singer songwriter from the Isle of Man that had a uh, that, put <laughs> yes. a, that likes he likes a selfie. Yeah, I think we know the one you a, mean. <laughs> and he's he's also glued hair on himself for uh-huh. the listeners that that aren't aware. We narrowed but it he, down to exactly when he got that done on the basis of his Instagram feed. By the way, yes, <laughs> I saw him on the boat on the way back. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he put can... a picture. He put a picture of him up and his completely level hairline that he has now. It's not, uh, it's not now, a case of you can see the join. You can see the fucking washing instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people, people use that. Like they put, his, dry. they put his head next to water now to try and prove flat Earth. But um, the uh, I skipped past his Instagram story and the targeted adverts on Instagram were on point because I got Mason's luxury rugs next. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, anyway, we need a we need a guest, don't we? And I don't think he's the do. answer. Um, I, 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 are you not a singer songwriter from the Isle of Man? I'm not a singer songwriter <laughs> from the Isle of Man yet. Who knows? I'm again. I'm, I can't think of any Eddie Jordan. Oh yes, he is bald. Yes, he a driver though. Yes. Okay. Yes, drive. Yeah, former driver drove his drove his own car in F three and rug enthusiast. Is he? Is he? And what's his deal? Is he alopecia or is he? Uh, he had some burns and Alope- now... alopecia after a car crash. Yeah, I knew there was some kind of incident that involved the, the set of three rugs. Yeah, the I've just had a haircut. This is my normal hair. I need a haircut. I can confirm through uh, through a friend of mine who used to uh, go to uh, Formula Three way back in the day when Jordan ran his uh, Formula Three team uh, that being pushed into a swimming pool uh, resulted in said rug coming off. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Should we go for? It's a EJ? high quality rug, though. It's high quality. Apparently, they are three very well made <laughs> rugs. Yes. Right. right. Mm. EJ for the first. He also looked like Walter White if he didn't have one. So I mean, it's probably best he keeps it on now. <laughs> mm, that's true. Uh, as chief development driver, I helped design Lee's favorite childhood car, the Jaguar XJ220, McLaren F1, Porsche 959, Ferrari F40, and the Bugatti Veyron. Blimey! Not Eddie Jordan. Adrian knew he's bald. Oh, he is, isn't he? Mm. I had a, I had Le Mans a toy a, a, Jag, a Jaguar. You remember the purple and white one? Gordon Murray ever ever race? Don't know. Don't know. The only other fact to know about him is he designed the Christian Bale Batmobile. Then he should be shot. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of Newey. How many collects cars? Race cars he does. He does days. like a. He does like a vehicle. What kind of ways? Did we? Uh, did anybody discuss uh, Sebastian Vettel's latest addition to his collection? No. Did we? Did we see what it was? No. It was uh, the Mansell's uh, Williams one. It. Oh, Mansell yes, Williams. I did know about that. It's going to sit in his living room. Nice. Why not? Like it. 
Uh, you ready? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I retired uh, as a driver in 2016 at the age of 60. Blimey. Well, that gives us um, rough kind of when he may have been doing other things other than development driving as well. I'm still not over Adrian Newey as a punt here. Doing veteran series. And I think I and... think he did a Le Mans not that long back in, yeah, or even like a classic Le Mans. Yeah, he might have done. Or cla- classic Monaco or something. Yeah. Definitely like, did the Goodwood race in yeah. about 2012, 2013-ish. The, and he has the Boy Nui races as well, I think. Harrison. Yes. Yeah, could could be on to it with that. Next clue? I won the Macau F3 Grand Prix one year after Legend Ayrton Senna. I think it's after because it says he uh, one year later of Ayrton Senna. Right, uh, so Senna would have won Macau... 82, 83. I was going to say it was... A, um... He was in Formula 1 in 84, put it that mm. way. Right, okay, so it would have been 82 or 83. When, when was he having a... <laughs> Senna won Macau, Ferrari would have swapped it for Magic Beans. So won Macau round about 80, 83 or 84 then. Um, which meant he would have been in his 30s when he mm. yeah, The age is about right for Newey. Yeah. Would have been in his 30s. He, he would have been about 30, wouldn't he? He'd have been late 20s, probably, if he was if he was 60 in 2016. Yeah. So he'd been about 28. Very old for an F3 driver. Unless it was somebody... Who racing, isn't a full-time racer? Racing privately. I, I'm. I've got nothing more than you, but I, th- I, I still yeah. think it's a good call. I'm. Yeah. I'm less certain on it now, but. Hmm. Shall we continue? Yes. Yeah. Uh, where have we gone? I've been teammates with Martin Brundle, David Brabham, and David Coulthard. <laughs> Thus oh. completing the trifecta of British drivers that nearly made it. <laughs> All known for racing in various open open and closed cockpit series. Yeah. And obviously a, a Coulthard Newey link would be an obvious one because Coulthard still does the, the old Red Bull stuff. Brabham turns up quite a lot in some of the classic-y stuff, doesn't he? Brundle, you mean, not Brabham. No, I thought you said David Brabham. You said David Brabham? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Paying attention. <laughs> um, and in fact, Brundle, well, Brundle has taken out one of Newey's classic cars. Which is Sky Filler every three yeah. weeks. Yeah, still, yeah. It still is. I think yeah, it's still on. moderate. I'm uh, happy with that. Yeah. You, you, what, who are you going with? Adrian Newey. <laughs> I'm noted for uh, for 18 starters. A start. Uh, I'm noted for 18 starts at Le Mans. That's a whole question. 
I don't know that he has that many. I think he's got a handful. Uh, If you were to ask Brandon Hartley, he's got that many. (laughs) Number nine. And probably your best clue so far. Don't forget, though, they run other GT races on the Bugatti course. That's very true, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the first Dane to win the Le Mans 24 hours. J-Mag. J-Mag. No, he's he's younger than that. He's younger than that, though. That's very true, actually. Actually, yeah, shit, J-Mag's younger than me, isn't he? Yeah, he's still about 15. There is no Spaffer. (laughs) Oof. Um, Can't think of any other Danish drivers. What's Christian Lundgaard's dad called? (laughs) Christian Lundgaard's senior. Number 10. Um, I'm the reason why Danish TV broadcasting sucks compared to the UK, and I'm one of the most boring commentators in the world. I'm I'm guessing this has been sent in by somebody Danish. You say, is Patrick Thompson, is Thompson spelled S-E-N, not S-O-N? Yes. <laughs> he's he's also sporting what from I mean from the front looks fine, but I suspect is a fine mullet. Wonderful, wonderful. Not a bald then. Um, I'm yeah. I'm not. I'm not um, bringing the knowledge here on the old. Right. Danes. My knowledge of Denmark extends to K Mag, J Mag, Sandy Toxbig, Carlsberg, and Disneyland After Dark. You miss tulip bacon. Caroline Wozniacki. <laughs> oh, and Peter Schmeichel. Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> We're just naming Danes now. Bigfield. Bigfield? <laughs> uh, your spaffer can be, Lee had no idea who this guy was. Oh, how's the pronunciation for this? I don't know about anybody else, but I'm looking forward to this. No, it's 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 pretty it's it's, it's, all it's right. pretty it's pretty fine. It's okay. Uh, oh, did you give up? Has he won? He's won. I think so, He's yeah. won. He's won. I am John Nielsen. Okay, is, is it spelt with a question mark? N. Yeah, it's <laughs> a question mark in your voice there. I'm just practicing. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm practicing my up speak in case I move to California. Um, it's spelt N I E L S E N. Nielsen. Yeah, sounds like a Nielsen. Sounds, sounds Nielsen Yeah, that was bloody hell. Yeah, he is bald. Let's have a look. <laughs> he's, he's bald, all right. Yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely bald and apparently Danish and boring. Uh, thank you for that one, Patrick. How do you send in a total shunt? You send me a PM on Twitter at a total shunt or do the same thing on Instagram. Uh, I will probably have to change my thing back to a total shunt, but at the moment it is still gay for Batterson. Yeah, I'd probably change or it. Or it might be Lee Stevens' podcast like, uh, hero. That might be it, I'd actually. I think you're still gay for Batterson on Instagram. Am I? Mm. I'd probably get around to changing it back at some point if I was you. And uh, if you want any I'm on still the... Pr- I'm still pretty gay for Batterson. Oh, but saying from that, a distance, because says... he has got the Rona. Yeah, at, at the ah, we'll be fine. Well, our immune systems are good. The um, uh, it's at the top. It still says a total shunt. So I take it you'll be able to find me. You would, you would hope so. Um, still could do with a couple more on the uh, on the reserve list, just in case. So if you email us to three legs four wheels at gmail dot com, well, 
I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not running short, but I need reminders and new ones because I haven't had a few for a few weeks. So I need reminders or I need new ones. And if you want to get in touch with us in general, you can get us at Three Legs Four Wheels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And individually, we are at Sean Cowper, Flood Twenty One, and at Pablo One Hundred. Uh, right, Formula Lee. Um, first challenge of the newly resurrected season. Now, Codemasters have got the game. Was a lap of Bahrain in the Dryna Renault. Putting the results together. I'll have the uh, results for that next weekend. But that challenge is now fit uh, next weekend. Next week on the podcast with the uh, with the rundown, and we'll sort a prize out. Um, second one is launching now. And that is going to be it's a lap of China. We'll. St- We'll go in the wet this time, and we'll do that one in... um, We'll do that on a racing point. So, it's a two-weeker. You've got till 7 o'clock UK time on the 28th of September. Cool. Check the website at threelegs4wheels.com. I will have the um, first Formula League results of the season up on there, and we'll read out out the uh, fastest times on next week's podcast, and give you a reminder for this one, so... Two-week challenge, um, Racing Point, China in the wet. I think that's about it for this week, isn't it? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next week, we'll be back with whatever news happens during the week, because we could, you know, there's a week off. There could be some silly season stuff happening. All the teams have got a week to screw things up. And uh, looking forward to the Russian Grand Prix. Are we looking forward to the Russian Grand Prix? <laughs> looking forward to getting the Russian Grand Prix out of the way. Uh-huh. To be fair, after the last couple of races, I could do with a boring one. <laughs> Might surprises. Might surprises. Yeah, they'll keep the red flags flying there, just like the olden days. I wouldn't put a bet on something that wasn't silver, though. Or black, sorry, it's a black car at the minute. Mm. But, yeah, the uh, it's it, it's born, born to be a Mercedes 1-2 this race, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's another Herman Tilka circuit. We'll do we'll do predictions next week, and uh, we'll get a guest predictor as well. And I'll open up the uh, I'll open the prediction competition on the website if anybody wants to um, put their Sochi predictions on. Right. In the meantime, we're off. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Later.